This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the 24-7 Sports College Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Andrew Ivins. I will be hosting... This episode of the podcast, Blair Angulo, your normal host, your usual host, he is out this weekend, so I am pinch hitting and filling in. On this episode of the podcast, we're going to talk to Brian Dome. Brian is going to break down the biggest commitment of the weekend in the college football world. That is Derek Davis, the nation's number two ranked safety. He commits to LSU on Saturday. Ed Orgeron and the Tigers, they beat out Penn State and Ohio State for his services. Doan is also going to talk about some more notable recruitments in his region and recap a camp slash showcase he was at on Sunday in the Virginia Beach area uh, in the 757. He saw a number of talented underclassmen. But before we get into all that, let's start with the kickoff. Deion Sanders has landed his first four-star recruit since taking over uh, at Jackson State. And it's someone that Deion's pretty familiar with. It's his son. Four-star quarterback Shadur Sanders flips his commitment from FAU to Jackson State on Friday. Uh, Shadur says that he couldn't pass up the opportunity to play for dad and more importantly play at a historically black college and university. Shadur is going to be the in line to become the highest ranked recruit ever to sign with Jackson State as he is a four-star on the 24-7 sports composite. Dion is also doing a good job recruiting some other guys to the Tigers. They got a few other three-star prospects committed. So uh, big news on that. Not surprising, uh, but got to credit Coach Prime for pulling off the big flip. Joined now by Brian Doan. Brian is the... Brian, what are you, the... Mid-Atlantic analyst for 24-7 sports? Mid-Atlantic, Northeast, whatever. I mean, whatever we need it to be. Okay. Well, what what states do you cover, I guess? Uh, 
Virginia up through New England, out through Pittsburgh, West Virginia, and now I'm dabbling a lot in North Carolina. So, yeah. you know, whatever. If, if we want to add in, I, I'm all for adding Hawaii because I think I need to take <laughs> visits there. And I keep hearing there may be a really good prospect in Alaska who's worth seeing in the summer. Oh, well, uh, I, I've been kind of angling trying to get to that poly bowl uh, assignment for, for a while. So, um, you know, there's, I, I, we need to do a better job of rating punters in Australia and also American Samoa, I think has a lot of talent that I, I think I should check out. <laughs> well, I know you were out on the, uh, on the road this weekend. Um, you attended a camp in Virginia beach. We're going to get into that on, um, this episode, but Brian, you had, or I should say your region had the biggest commitment of the weekend. That came on Saturday um, when uh, Derek Davis, uh, top 24-7 safety out of Gateway High School in Pennsylvania, number two ranked safety prospect per the 24-7 sports composite. He commits to LSU on Saturday. Um, there was a time, I think, when a lot of people thought he was going to Penn State. So just kind of give me the give me the behind the scenes details because uh, I think Derek kind of kept you in the, in the loop um, up until the eleventh hour. Yeah, no, Derek was great about the whole thing, and yeah, he did commit to LSU. And for a long time, I had him pegged for Penn State up until maybe shoot the weekend before he committed. And Ohio State was was another school that was getting a lot of run. He had visited Ohio State, you know, went with a bunch of commits out there. I think the first weekend of the Big Ten, so that you know, late October. And so there was some talk about, hey, he may go to Ohio State instead. But Penn State was always the school to to really chart because Terry Smith, who coaches in the defensive backfield for Penn State. Well, he's a former Gateway High School head coach. Now, he didn't cross paths in that sense with Derek Davis, but strong connection. He's known Derek Davis since, shoot, probably before Derek was even in middle school. Um, so there was always that connection there. But, you know, Andrew, you've been doing this long enough, and, and you know the deal. You, you, a lot of times you follow what a recruit does, not, not all the time what he says. And so last weekend – he shows up down at LSU, says, you know, I want to go check out LSU. And so it makes you think, well, wait. and Bill Bush does an outstanding job recruiting down there. Um, safety's coach for LSU really connects well. He had some time at Rutgers, so he knows the Northeast really well. Um, and, you know, in, in when you talk about LSU, Pittsburgh does fit into the Northeast. And so he goes down there, loves the atmosphere around campus. His mom absolutely loves Baton Rouge and just how friendly everybody is down there. And, and it makes you, you, know, you take a step back and say, okay, wait a minute. He wasn't seeing exactly what he wanted to see at Penn State which or Ohio State because that's why he went to LSU. And this is not an official visit where he just wants to go and be wined and dined. You can't meet up with the coaches during it. You can't get toured around by the coaches. So why are you spending that much money to go from Pittsburgh to Baton Rouge unless you have legit interest? He goes down there. He already knew about the program and, and what they can do. And I know they're having a, a tough year this year, but a lot of other factors goes into that, including opt-outs. But one of the things you really look at is you say Baton Rouge, 
great weather. The people there around campus were really friendly and really outgoing. And, and Derek and his mom really connected with that. And so that's why he winds up going to LSU. But listen, man, it, if he went to Ohio State, I'd say it's done. And, and I'm not going to say he's, he's flipping or whatever, but just keep an eye on this thing because Penn State is still two hours from his house. And Penn State is not going to stop recruiting him. And I know Penn State hasn't really gotten off to the start they wanted to this season, but that's more of an anomaly. Um, so I, I look at it. LSU did a great job. You know they can produce guys in the secondary. You know for the most part they're going to be in the mix for a college football playoff again. I, I get this year is a little bit different, but life is different this year. Uh, and so it just made a lot of sense. And he's a kid that physically can get in right away. You know, he's 6'1", 6'2", right about 200. Physically, he can handle the college workload now. Yeah, we're discussing Derek Davis, uh, the top 24-7 safety out of Pennsylvania commits to LSU over the weekend. That moves the Tigers up, or they're sitting now number three in the 24-7 sports composite team rankings. Alabama's number one, Ohio State's number two, and then you got Ed Orgeron and his Tigers number three. It's really been an impressive stretch for them because uh, Halloween weekend, LSU beat out Alabama for five-star safety, Sage Ryan, uh, and they also flipped three-star wide receiver Jack uh, Beck from Vandy in that from that stretch in there as well. Um, when you, you mentioned, uh, Derek Davis, that four, six, you know, four, one, four in the, in the shuttle, I think you've compared him to Malkin Jenkins. I, I, I think that's your, your player comp for him. Don't, I mean, what, what yeah. is LSU getting in him? Is he a guy you think that can do multiple things in the secondary? He is. And I, and I think, you know, a lot of times, Andrew, and you and I talk about this when we're on calls for, for rankings. I think sometimes just being a really good football player gets overlooked. And, and so we're going to start there because you're talking about a kid who offensively has scored more than 80 touchdowns. Defensively, they, they play him more as a free safety in the back. He's not an in-the-box guy. He has coverage skills. You know, I've seen him in person a number of times also. Um, I, I know you saw him also down in Florida. But, you know, he's a kid that can do a lot of different things. He'll come up in the box and he'll hit you. He can fill some run gaps. He can, If you need to, he can cover man on the outside. I'm not going to say he's going to live and die by playing man. I mean, if you're going to do that, you know, I think a lot of safeties would have trouble. He can come do that a little bit so you don't have to have a ton of sub packages to, to bring, bring him out. And, and he's really comfortable as a, as a free safety, really ball hawking back back there he makes a you know he makes plays on the ball he has good ball skills he has closing speed he does not quit on plays um you know so when I look at it yeah he's athletic he's got some nice testing numbers but beyond that he plays hard and he has a really good understanding of the game uh I want to circle back Brian to Penn State you said that you think they will uh still recruit Derek Davis obviously he's an in-state kid but um as I was going through the recruiting rankings in the state of Pennsylvania, uh, I noticed a trend, and that's the Nittany Lions don't currently have any of the state's top 10 ranked players committed. Um, if you look at the list, you know, it's a lot of guys going uh, to other schools around the country. Five star tackle Nolan Rucci going to Wisconsin, five star quarterback Kyle McCord, Ohio State. Uh, Jeremiah Trot Trotter, linebacker to the Philadelphia area, he's going to Clemson. So, I can keep going on and on, um, but is this kind of alarming for James Franklin that they are not? You know, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm assuming they don't want all those kids, but 
you know, I think they're going to take a deep, hard look at each one in their backyard. Is it alarming that more of these guys aren't aren't committed to Penn State? Um, is it alarming? I am not going to sound the alarm yet. And Penn State fans, I know this is probably uh, taboo for podcasts, but you may want to fast forward this because you've heard this one before a little bit. But so, you know, you look at Nolan Rucci, that one really stung because he's a legacy, right? He's a legacy, but he decided to go play with his brother at Wisconsin. Uh, you look at Derek Davis, and that one really hurts because, like I mentioned, Terry Smith has a long-time relationship with Derek Davis. It's not just, you know, I started recruiting him, so we built a relationship. They've known each other. Um, you know, Jeremiah Trotter, Kyle McCord, both out of St. You know, Marvin Harrison, all out of St. Joe's Prep in Philadelphia. Penn State's had a hard time getting into that school. They, you know... For whatever reason, they, they, they've just had some difficulty, whether it was a former coach with Gabe Infante, who's now at Temple, or, or you know, the current regime there. But it, it's not – I don't want to say it's alarming. It's more – and I've said this before. Penn State, more than any other program in my mind, has been hurt by the inability to get kids on campus and recruit and because – when you take a, a game day atmosphere at Penn State, there's very few like it. The community around Penn State is wonderful. The the it's just built, you know, the, the the town is built around Penn State and they mesh together so well. So you don't get that. And the coaches do an outstanding job of bringing kids on campus and and really making them feel like part of the family. And then you also lost three excellent recruiters and Ricky Ronnie, who is now the head coach at Old Dominion, Gerard Parker, who's now the offensive coordinator at West Virginia, and Sean Spencer, the D-line coach, who's now in the NFL with the New York Giants. And so I, I guess in the Penn State world, it's an imperfect storm. Um, it's not alarming because they've gotten off to a really good start in state in the 22 class. They landed Drew Shelton, who's a top 247 kid. They landed Anthony Ivey, who's a top 247 kid. They landed quarterback Bo Prabula, who's a really good player. Ken Talley out of Philadelphia, they already have committed, who's, you know, a four-star kid. So I'm not sounding the alarm, but what I'm saying is, understand why Penn State is having these issues because if Derek Davis was able to go to the game against um, Ohio State and it was the whiteout game it gives him a whole different experience and has Penn State in a much different you know it's a much different frame of mind for him then yeah no I absolutely understand that it got to point out uh, the NCAA's recruiting dead period this temporary dead period I mean it's been in place since March which it feels like, you know, a year ago. I mean, I, I'm just used to kids not even being able to take visits anymore. Uh, and it's it's set to, you know, assuming knock on wood, they don't push this thing back. It, it should be lifted on January 1st. That means if kids do not sign early during that early signing period, they will have a chance to take uh, official visits in January before the traditional signing day um, in February. Uh, Got to also point out James Franklin and, and you know, I, I think – when you look at their class as well, it's on the smaller side. You know, they only got 14 guys committed. Um, that's a plays a big factor in, in in their kind of the recruiting rankings and how the formulas work. So right now they're number 31 in the country with that that 2021 class, number eight in the Big Ten. Uh, Maryland, Minnesota are, are ahead of them, but 
I I did do my homework before I asked the question, Brian, and I knew that that um, they are doing a better job in, in 2022. Do you think there's anyone in state uh, else they'll get uh, that you're, you're maybe have a crystal ball pick in for anyone like that for Penn State? In, well, in- I mean, I'm, in the 22 class, you have Makai Flowers, who again is a big time player, um, right by you know from the Harrisburg area. Um, you know, he keeps toying, you know, he, he loves the Twitter game. For people that remember with Kim Jarrett, who's now at Maryland, um, the freshman receiver who flipped from LSU on signing day. I mean, Kim had a great time on Twitter with, with just having fun with people. And it's the same situation with Anthony Ivy, who, again, is a top 247 kid in the 22 class. They're in with him. I'm curious to see in the 21 class if they wind up moving on Robert Jackson, who's a D end, probably more will be a D tackle three tech kind of guy in 21 doesn't have an offer yet. I know they're keeping in contact. I know they're charting him. So he's someone to keep in mind also, but you know, when I look at Penn state's situation and everybody, listen, we live in a, the sky is falling and what happened 10 minutes ago is you know, the end all be all. Listen, every, I remember when Penn State got the sanctions with the Sandusky stuff and everybody was writing it would be 20 years before Penn State would come back. And I never subscribed to it. I always said, let's just wait and see exactly how this plays out for the next few years. And all of a sudden, you know, they're winning the Big Ten championship game and they're playing in the Rose Bowl, you know, in James Franklin's tenure. So, listen, it, it, it's not always, you know, a fairy tale. It's not always flowers and sunshine. Yeah, they're 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 having a tough time in this class, and and Derek Davis hammers home that they're having a tough time. But I mean, my goodness, they're you know they're still recruiting a pretty good clip. All right, it's not like they had a bunch of two stars committed, um, Brian. You know, we yeah, talked. I mean, and they're good players. I mean, they're good players. They're good. They're, they're getting good players, and it's just that they're missing on some in-state kids, and yeah. it happens. All right, well, I think you said you described it well, the the perfect storm, just kind of you got to consider all the factors, the coaches leaving, um, just kind of how things fell into place. Uh, Brian, we, we talked a ton about Derek Davis. There was another big commitment in your region that took place in, in the past uh, few days, or I should say week, uh, Aaron Armitage to Stanford. Um Tell me, tell us about him. He's a four-star defensive end at a Blair Academy in New Jersey. 6'4", 242 pounds, thirty-inch vert, four-four-three in the shuttle. Um, what are what what happened there? <laughs> That's a good one. Um, so Aaron, you know, a different kid. Blair's a boarding school that you know, fifty-five, sixty grand a year. Academics are going to be huge in that one. And he's also from Canada, right? He's from the from the Ontario area in Canada. So you knew location wasn't going to be a big thing. He really liked Florida a lot. Never got to campus. You know, Florida, Andrew, you know, you live in Florida. Florida is really underrated, I think, nationally as an academic school. Yeah. And when he found out just how good Florida was academically, all of a sudden it became a factor. And so his final three were Florida, USC and Stanford. He never made it to USC and he never made it to Stanford. And there's a lot of people really close to him that in the days leading up to the announcement, he was going to USC. Great school. Uh, he loves what they would do as far as 
you know, player imaging stuff or whatever we call that, where, you know, you can kind of brand yourself now. SC, he said, had a really good plan. He liked that. He loves the D-line coach, Vixa Odo there, but he'd never been to campus. And Aaron is a kid who puts a lot of thought into everything. And, you know, when you say make that pros and cons list, he's making it. And he couldn't get past the fact that he was never on campus. Stanford, he visited campus there. He had visited Cal. And for anybody that's been to Stanford's campus, I mean, you know, it's gorgeous, right? And and it just so happens to be one of the top academic schools in the country. And probably when it comes from an academic reputation, the top power five school, you know, from a reputation standpoint. And so that became too much for him to pass up. But I, I say this, and, and I, I said it on the USC message board, and, and I maintain it. He's at Blair Academy where you have – if it's a lockdown campus, right? So if you leave campus, you have to quarantine for 14 days before you can get back to campus. So he couldn't, in mid-October, go take a visit to USC. Well, the other thing about Blair is – if he leaves campus, you know, they, their, their session is over November 21st. So he can theoretically leave Blair. Now, he's from Canada, like I mentioned. When you go back into Canada, you have a period of quarantine. So he's going to have to quarantine anyway. There's nothing keeping him from heading out to SC to walk around campus and check it out. He can go back to Stanford. He can go to Florida again. And then, so when he goes home to Canada, he's got to quarantine anyway. Now, the flip side of that is if his parents go with them and happen to meet him there, however you want to, you know, arrange it, they're going to have to quarantine when they go back into Canada themselves also. So I don't think that one's over with him. Yeah. It sounds like he's got a good relationship, like you said, with Vic. I think Vic, did he not know him from when he was at Virginia, uh, one yeah, of the Vic, first yes. coaches to offer him? Yeah, Vic, Vic Soto gave Aaron Armitage. Not only did he give him the first offer, he was the first coach to really start recruiting him. Yeah, I think that always kind of goes a long way in the recruiting process. Um, no doubt. I mean, no doubt. something I always, you know, like you said, we've been doing this a long time, but that's something that always seems to – end up being a factor, uh, especially when it comes time to put pen to paper. Sticking with, with uh, you know, some guys on in your region, another one I wanted to ask you about, Gunnar Givens, uh, the number one ranked offensive tackle in the class of 2022 per the 24-7 sports composite. He's out of Daleville, Virginia. He put out a top six a few days ago and i think that was his is this the first cut he's made i mean normally we see kids go from like you know a top 20 to a top 12 to a top six uh was this the first cut for him he had a top 12 but inside of that top 12 there was always like i joked with him so so gunner was good enough to you know i think the day before he put out the top six he, he called me said, here's the school. So, you know, that way you can have a story ready to go, which I'm sure is no secret in this industry on why, you know, when a kid commits, all of a sudden we have two or three stories up with quotes from them within 20 seconds. So I think people have figured that out. But I joked with them. I said, listen, man, I got five out of the six. I said, I, I, the only one I got wrong was I, I, I didn't have North Carolina in there. And so, you know, he had 
it was Virginia Tech, Penn State, Clemson, North Carolina, Ohio State, and Alabama. So the, the thing you got to know about Gunner is now he lives about a half hour from the Virginia Tech campus. And he is really close with his mom. He wants to go to a place where his mom could come to, if not all, a lot of his games. And so if you look at the locations of the schools that he's picked, she can do that. Alabama's a little bit further, but the difference with Alabama and why they're on the list is it's Alabama, right? You know they can develop you on the offensive line. He sees that. He knows that of all the programs you talk about, they've had the most longevity as far as being either a playoff team or in contention to be a playoff team. So it makes sense why they would be on there. I think, you know, getting him to campus to really look around and understand it is important to Bama. But he's one of those kids. I can make an argument for every – usually when they do a top six, right, you know, Sandra, you're, there's like three or four that you know, and there's like two that are just like, yeah, no way. I'm telling you, with his top six, I can see him anywhere because he's got family near Columbus for Ohio State. Clemson's not too far away. And from talking to kids who are recruited by Clemson, they do the best job of any school of making, you know, the players inside the program, making the um, prospects feel comfortable, right? The, yeah. the, the players have done a great job there. I mean, North Carolina, shoot, you got Mac Brown. I mean, who wouldn't want to sit and listen to him talk before? I mean, he's awesome. Right. Tech's close. Penn State with what Phil Troutwine, the offensive line coach, has done when he was at BC with development. I think Phil Troutwine's a real up and comer to look as an offensive line coach, which is why James Franklin hired him. Um, so, you know, you, you can make arguments for all of these schools on, on why they actually have a legit chance to land him. Yeah, we're talking about Gunner Givens, the 2022 offensive tackle, put out the top six, Clemson, Alabama, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Penn State, and Ohio State all in there. I know, Brian, you just basically explained about how you could see him going anywhere, but there are no crystal ball picks currently logged for Gunner. I mean, let's say we I had to make you put one in right now. It could be the lowest of low confidence scores. I mean, do you... Do, would you be comfortable, you know, maybe being like, hey, I think this team has a slight edge, even if it's super small, or you think this thing's wide open? No, I, I, if I, if, if you told me, you know, if, if all of a sudden somebody said, hey, man, we need you to put a crystal ball pick in, I would really sit there and it would be between Clemson and Virginia Tech right now to me. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Penn State would be right next to it just that he hasn't been there he's been to clemson he knows that and he's been to virginia tech and he knows that well i, I think i would sit there and say yeah right now it's one of those two and then you factor in a really good friend of his is the number two offensive tackle zach rice you know gunners in daleville at lord botetot i i'm sure i butchered it but close <laughs> enough and 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 you know his good friend zach rice is at uh lynchburg christian which is, you know, an hour or so up the road to where, you know, they've gone on vacation together as families and stuff. And so they're talking about wanting to play together. Zach likes Virginia Tech. Zach likes Clemson. You know, Zach likes North Carolina. So does Gunner. I think that's why, you know, when I said I was surprised that 
Gunner had North Carolina on the list. I, I think it's the Zach Rice factor that, you know, Zach really likes it. He, he went to two North Carolina games already this season and he talks to Gunner about it. And, and so it, it's a realistic thing. I don't believe in package deals, but I believe if they both find what they want in the same school, there's a really good chance of them going together because they'll talk about it together. Uh, I, it's like you had my show script right in front of you. That was like my next bullet point. Because uh, I, <laughs> I, I remember, you know, you had written the story about how close uh, Gunner and Zach Rice, another uh, five-star offensive tackle in the class of 22. I actually think there's only two composite five-star offensive linemen right now, and it's both of those guys. Uh, I mean, college coaches can't get out on the road right now and recruit, but dang, it's like got to be pretty nice for them that two elite guys are within a 30-minute drive from each other. Um, that makes it. Oh, especially I was gonna say, especially in that part of the state, because if people aren't familiar with it, that's that's kind of like the western, you know, central to western part of the state, kind of like the I eighty one area, you know, and, and so, you know, this isn't like Northern Virginia or the seven five seven or Richmond where it's easy to get to. So to have two big time kids like that in the same area. Lord knows when we're going to be able to have coaches go out on the road and actually evaluate and, and do things like that. Um, but when that happens, if neither of these kids are committed, I could see a situation where it makes perfect sense because you can fly into Roanoke and then drive up to both schools and get out up by Lynchburg by Liberty on a small plane for a lot of these schools. Yeah, uh, You know, they're all flying private. Uh, well, they were. Pre-COVID, <laughs> man. We'll see what happens now. Jeez, I, yeah. they'll, they'll be like Southwest boarding group two. Yeah, I it, gone are the days of when I would see a SEC assistant coach uh, on a Miami high school sidelines, and then I'd you know pull up their schedule. I'm like, you guys play at noon in Fayetteville, Arkansas tomorrow. How are you here? And he was like, I'm 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 flying private. Um, final thing I wanted to get into you was, was that camp. Um, that I, I teased in the intro, you were in uh, Virginia Beach, the 757, as you called it, on uh, Sunday for the Stack Sports Showcase and Elite 11 Regional, uh, Elite 11 on Instagram. Uh, it's funny, I woke up, I was just going through my feed. They made sure to point out that the 757 has produced a ton of notable quarterbacks over the years, Michael Vick, Tyrod Taylor, EJ Manuel. Um, so I, I was ready to start reading your updates uh, in, in, on 247sports.com. Um, anyone really, you know, just stand out to you? I, I don't think you've written a top performers yet. Maybe you will by the, the time this thing is as published. But anyone that you just left there being like, this guy's an absolute dude. Yeah, there's a couple of them. I mean, it, it was a really good camp, and it was really good to, you know, see like Brian Stump and the guys out there just because you're so used to seeing him in the spring that it, it felt there was some semblance of normalcy, even though there was no one-on-ones, but yeah, I mean, it was a really good camp and, you know, shoot from 2023 offensive lineman, Alex Birchmeyer, you know, from Virginia, who, I mean, look, he's already one of our top 50 players in the 23 class and, and you see him and he, he absolutely looks the part. He's got length. He can move. Um, you know, he's a big time wrestler too. And, uh, you know, we, we love the dual sport kids, but watching running back George Petaway or running back Ramon Brown go through drills, like George Petaway 
is really impressive in person just with his burst change of direction speed and just how fast he went through a lot of the things you know Tyshawn Chapman who's you know a top 247 receiver in the 23 class I mean 22 class watching how quick he is it's funny like Percy Harvin is from the 757 and they're calling him like Percy 2.0 and I'm not really big on comparing a high school kid to like some guy who redefined a role in the NFL. I think that's a, a bit much, but I understand where they're coming from just in terms of change of direction, size, ability to, I mean, this kid has great ball skills. Um, it, it was great to see a guy like Isaiah Montgomery, an offensive lineman who I've never seen in person and to see that, you know, he's six four, six five. has really good length. He's got a lean body. He can bend. You know, he's been picking up some offers, um, you know, Tennessee, the Virginia schools with Tech and, and UVA, uh, you know, Florida State's on him. It, it was fun seeing him move and, and just seeing how much he can bend. I mean, shoot, I, I probably saw, you know, 40 D1 kids, so – there better be some that, that really pop and are, you know, and then you, you see other kids that you say, okay, they got a chance. You just want to see them develop a little bit more. Uh, Sean Murphy uh, from Manassas, Virginia, number one ranked inside linebacker per the composite for uh, the class of 2022. I saw him tweet out. He had a 37 inch vertical jump or something like that. What did he, what did he look like? And more importantly, did you get any, um, any, any, what I call juice from him. Did you get to talk, figure out where he, uh, might be leaning or, or, you know, who, who he's in contact the most with right now? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, you know, Sean in the 22 class, I, I've known him since his freshman year and you knew he was always going to blow up. Uh, it, it's interesting because, you know, in talking to him today, it, it's funny that you mentioned the vert because I, I spoke to him about what kind of things did he, did he work on? He said he was really working on foot speed. He was working on his explosion, which, you know, translates to vert. And he was just working on his flexibility in, in terms of just being able to get a little bit lower. And he goes, look, I was a little disappointed in my speed. He goes, but I'm not really that broken up about it because that's the next part of my training. I focused on all this other stuff, knowing we're not playing in Virginia until the spring. So the speed is the next ax- the next aspect. So that's what I'm doing next. So I, I think, you know, when you watch some videos on these kids, sometimes you just sit there and you go, well, he doesn't do this or he does do this. And you, you got to remember they have a plan when they're doing this stuff and, and they're not working on the same thing every time. And then as far as, you know, the juice that you want, well, Here's what I can tell you. There's a lot of rumblings about Ohio State with Sean Murphy, and he likes Ohio State a bunch. He also likes Alabama a whole bunch, and, and he's talking to them a, a good amount. And, you know, he said how good it is to talk to Assistant Sal Sanceri there and, and, you know, the honor of talking to Coach Nick Saban there, which makes a lot of sense. And, you know, he's also talking a lot to Clemson. And I said, well, what are you looking to do? Well, I don't. Tr- I haven't trimmed my list yet. I want to make a bunch of SEC visits. I want to get out west a little bit. And he needs to experience some schools, right? He needs to get out and see some more campuses. But he, he knows what Ohio State is. He knows what Bama is. 
So if you're looking for juice, well, he hasn't cut his list. But when it came time to talk about schools, you know, we talked about them. And we also talked about he likes Penn State a lot. Penn State showing him a lot of love and a lot of interest. And they're talking about how he can play in different spots on the defense than the linebacker group. So um, top list, no. Schools that he's looking at, well, there's a few. Uh, do you have a crystal ball in on him? I, I, haven't, I, didn't, I didn't include that in my pre, uh, pre-show pre notes. I, I, do, I do not – um, only cause he's so far out and, and his coach, Carol Walker, um, you know, it, it, at unity Reed up in Virginia used to be Stonewall Jackson. He, he's, he's a really good dude who really takes his, you know, make sure his kids take their time with the process. He's got a D tackle in the 21 class, Tyleek Williams going to Ohio state, but you know, I, I don't think he's leaning in any particular direction, but I'll just say, you know, I think Ohio State and Bama and Penn State are in the best chances, and, and I kind of look Ohio State, Bama from everything I hear right now. Um, one more guy I wanted to ask you about because I saw you uh, tweet about him, or or maybe it was in one of the threads. Michael Allen, twenty twenty two running back at a, at a J J H Rose in Greenville. I only know that because I actually lived in that part of North Carolina for. Uh, like six months i know that area really well he went four four on the lasers and he said he was quote-unquote disappointed so so two things i if i knew you had lived in greenville i would have asked him if they built a statue for you yet so (laughs) well i didn't i I didn't live there i lived a a few towns over but i did spend some time in greenville okay well i mean all right so he wouldn't know if there's a statue there but you know it's interesting because again he's you know, they don't have football in North Carolina right now. They're not going to have it till the spring. So he worked on some other stuff and he's like, yeah, you know, I put on a few pounds during the off season. And I'm like, dude, have you seen me? <laughs> you know, I, I've put on some pounds in the off season. And he goes, yeah. He goes, you know, last year I ran a four, four, six. And this year I ran a four, four, eight. And I'm really disappointed. And I'm like, yeah, I'd, I'd really be mad at a four, four, eight. But it just tells you what his thought process is as far as, what he wants to do to compete and get better that I, I said to him, I said, you know, it's, it's 0.02. It's, it, you know, don't worry about it because yeah, it's got to get better. And, you know, so I, I really like that aspect of him. It was my first time seeing him live. He's just a really smooth guy who you don't realize he's running so fast because it just looks so natural. He, he's one of those guys that just kind of glides when he does it. And I said to him, I said, well, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, what do you, you know, what's going on? And he talked about Tennessee and North Carolina and NC State and a little bit of South Carolina and Duke. And he goes, to be honest, I haven't been able to visit anywhere. You know, there's only so many Zooms you can do and talk to the coaches. So I'm just going to wait. I don't have to make a decision. I, I, I can wait as long as I want and kind of just go see some campuses when this stuff finally loosens up. Um, so, you know, his knowledge is of the local schools, you know, the, the in-state stuff and, and kind of surrounding areas, but that's about it. But he, he's content just to sit there and, and wait and kind of see what's going to happen with, with visits and seeing schools. But you know how it is, Andrew. Nobody knows what the scholarship counts are going to look like yeah. for programs in 22. So we'll, we'll see if it gets accelerated a bit. No, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. I, and I, I think there's going to be a huge rush for kids to take visits, assuming let's say, you know, January 1st, they don't push back that dead period. Like which uh, schools are going to be throwing massive uh, junior days and, and whatnot. Like I think 
if any college staff got aggressive with it, you could see um, and planned ahead and, and figured out a way to do it safely. Uh, you, you could have some monster recruiting weekends in January. I mean, traditionally schools did do that kind of, um, but really yeah. see those 2022 classes get built out. I mean, you know, especially if you're a Miami or a Rutgers or, or somewhere like a Maryland, somewhere where you can get a bunch of local kids yeah. on campus. Like I think that could lead to um, a big flurry of commitments. Uh, Brian, we, we appreciate you taking the time to jump on the podcast. Obviously everyone can find your work at 24 seven sports.com, but drop, drop the Twitter handle. What, what, what is it? So they can follow find you and follow you. Yeah, it's Brian with an I, don't using David, O-H-N, 247. It's, it's pretty simple and it's pretty basic. Um, so, you know, just give it a follow. Yeah, look for the uh, U.S. Men's National Team header, the logo in the header, right? You're, you're a big it's fan. It's that. I mean, listen, this is the first time, and, and I appreciate you, uh, you know, filling in for Blair, who apparently probably wasn't watching the Galaxy on Sunday night, and thank goodness that season's <laughs> over. Cause I'm just tired of watching them and ready for their new coach. But hey, Andrew, I know you're a soccer dude also. And hey, we have, I know that some of the guys in Europe are not going to be able to play for the international break this week, but I'm looking so, I'm so looking forward to watching the U.S. men's national team. Them in Liverpool and the Galaxy are really the only sports teams that I really get emotionally invested in anymore. So I, I'm just thrilled to be able to watch some of that coming up. Yeah, no, I, the U.S. men's national team roster is by far one of the most interesting ones in, in recent memory. And I don't know if that's because they can't fly the MLS guys out there or whatnot, but a ton of exciting talent. So I'll be tuned in. Brian, please drive safe and uh, thanks for joining the podcast. Hey, man, I appreciate it. It was fun. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.